0: My name is Wayne, and I'm the pastor here at the Mustard Seed Church, and uh, we really hope and pray that today is meaningful to you and speaks to you right where you are at in life, wherever that meet wherever that, wherever that, where, wherever you might be at along the journey, we hope that that speaks to you where you are in life. And so we're in our sermon series of what we've been calling Doing What Jesus Did. And uh, this idea, this way of life of doing what Jesus did comes from John 14:12. And we don't have it on the screen, we've been saying it every week, but it says, Jesus says to his disciples, truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the things that I did. Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, whoever says yes to following me, whoever says yes to the apprenticeship and discipleship will do the things that I did. And so we've really been looking at this apprenticeship journey with Jesus as followers of Jesus. Man, we want to live in such a way that our life reflects his life. Would we agree? We want to live in such a way that our life reflects his life. And so for the last few weeks, we've been looking at the life of Jesus and saying, really asking this question, Man, what did Jesus do? We've kind of been looking through the scriptures at that. And so we first started off by saying, one, we see that he was in community. Right? He had the 12 disciples with him. He had, there was uh, 120 believers in the upper room, which all probably followed him as well. So we see that he was in community. We see that he ate and drank with people far from God. Right, We talked about creating space at the table where people can come and sit at it. Rama preached on uh, Jesus living a life of interceding on our behalf. He talks about praying for his followers that were then and even the ones that were to come. The scripture talks about he mediates on our behalf between us and the Father. And then last week, Leif preached about uh, the prayer life of Jesus and how um, the Lord's prayer was an example of Jesus and His intimacy with the Father and how from that intimacy, Jesus was able to walk in power. So I hope you're seeing these themes of, man, this is what Jesus did. And let me start to try to practice some of those and implement some of those in my life. So this week, what we're going to look at, one of the things that probably marked Jesus' life the most is that of healing. How many have read the Bible and read some sort of healing that's happened in the Bible somewhere? Right? It's probably one of the things that marks Jesus' life the most is the practice of healing. Now, the conversation around healing can be very tricky for us to have because there's all kind of maybe questions, intentions, and it's packed with all kind of different emotions. For some of us, we probably prayed for healing at some point in time for either ourselves or for others, right? There was a study that was done that said uh, 78% of participants... And they were just doing a study of all a number of Christian believers. 78% of participants have said that they prayed for healing for themselves at some point in time in their lives. Has that been you? Right? They said 87% have prayed for healing for others at some point in time in their life. Has that been you? See, I know this is true for me that I have prayed for people in my life with pain in their body from an injury That I've prayed for. Uh, One person that comes to mind. Is a friend named Kyle. And uh, him and I were in a group. That was called Rhythm in 20. And essentially what this was. Is there was 20 guys from around the country. That gathered together every year. And it was all guys. Who were either in business or in ministry. And they were all leaders. And the whole idea was like hey. We want to create a space. To where you can learn and grow that way. In your business or in your ministry. Gosh you can finish well. That you can have a healthy marriage, healthy ministry, a healthy life, and that you can finish well. And so me and this guy really bonded at this group, this guy named Kyle, because he was a Notre Dame fan and I was an LSU fan. I mean, is an LSU fan. Let me rephrase that, if you cannot tell already. And uh, we, we started jostling back and forth about the time Notre Dame and LSU played, and him and I really connected And uh, in the second year together in this group, we found out that Kyle was diagnosed with stage four melanoma cancer. In our second year together. 32 years old, diagnosed with stage four melanoma cancer. And so myself and these guys from this group and people from all around the world, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed that healing would come. In March of 2017, he was diagnosed. And in June of 2017, he passed away at the age of 32. Leaving behind his wife and two sons. And I think this really gets at the tension when we talk about healing. Is that we read the scriptures, we look at the life of Jesus, and we see over and over again healings happening. Right? But sometimes what we experience in our own lives is sometimes we do experience healing and then sometimes not. Maybe that's just for me, but I wonder if you can relate to that as well. Like if you too have prayed for yourself or you have prayed for others that healing would come and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Can you relate to that? Today as we get into the Word, man, we're going to really look at that healing is available today for you and for me. And also, we're going to look at and even try to answer the question of man why sometimes does healing not come? How should we approach healing when it comes to doing what Jesus did? That sound good? So, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9. We're going to start off in verse 35. We'll have it, we'll have it on the screen, but would you stand with me as we read the Word? This is something that we love to do here standing as we read the Word of God. Verse 35 in chapter 9 of Matthew. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When they, then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers... Into his harvest field. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. Jesus called. Somebody turn off their phones. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. And gave them authority. To drive out impure spirits. And to heal every disease and sickness. Verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. This is what he tells them: Do not go among the Gentiles. Or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Let me turn off my phone before that happens again. (laughs) Can they not see I'm on Facebook Live? <laughs> but as you read this passage, we hear this again, Jesus going around and healing people and then going to his disciples and saying, hey, I'm giving you this same authority. For me and you, he's given us the same authority. And he says, go proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven has come near and healed the sick and cast out demons. So there's a couple of things I want to highlight this morning from this passage. I just have two points. The first one, and it's pretty obvious, is that God is our healer. God is our healer. All throughout the scriptures, we see God bringing healing. 151 times in the Bible, it mentions the word heal, healed, or healing. 151 times. 12 times in the Old Testament alone, there are 12 Physical healing incidents that take place that are that are brought about by God, God is our healer. One of these very first times in scripture is in exodus fifteen twenty six and uh, this is one of the very first times that it mentions God being our healer, and He says, "If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees." I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. One of the very first times it's seen in scripture. And if we can leave that up on the screen. A couple of things I want to highlight from this. That phrase at the end that says, For I am the Lord who heals you. That phrase is translated into two different words. The first one being Yahweh, and the second one being Rofika. Can you say that? Rofika. Look at you. Golly, i tell you what. This phrase means the healing God, or God who heals. And what it's doing is it's conveying the very heart and nature of who God the Father is. In the same way, when you read the Old Testament, you see that God is love, Right? In this passage, what it's saying is, God is who heals. Healing is at the very center of God's heart. It's, it's, it's His nature. It's His character. It's His essential being that by, by His name, God is our healer. And this is where the word Jehovah Rapha comes from. If you're into the Jehovah names and all that kind of stuff in, in the Testament, Jehovah Rapha. God who heals. It defines who he is. And it makes me think of some of the names that I had growing up. Now, don't laugh at me now, but it makes me think of some of the names that I had growing up. One of them, gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I trust you. One of them was, one of my nicknames was Pudding Head. Okay. (laughs) And the reason why that was my nickname is because I was this little Caucasian boy running around with bright blonde hair and it looked like yellow pudding, right? And they called me Pudding Head. As I got older, they used to say, man, that boy is hard-headed, right? As I got even more older, it says, man, that boy finds trouble everywhere he goes. And thankfully, hopefully, I've outgrown some of that as I've gotten older. But even by some of those sayings, right, you get a glimpse of who I was as a little boy. And the same is true in this text with God. When he says I am the Lord who heals. He is saying that he is our healer. It's his heart. It's his nature. It's his father's heart for his children. The God who heals. It's who he is. And so if you find yourself here today. And you're like man I need healing healing in your body in your mind emotionally maybe there's some wounds some relationships in your life that there's some hurts and you need a touch by, by his name he says I'm the God who heals it's who he is it's his heart for his people so if you're here today and you find yourself in that space, you're in the right place. Can I say that? This is who our God is. God is our healer. The second thing we'll highlight, the second point that we have, is that the kingdom has come and is coming. The kingdom has come and is coming. As we read in Matthew 10, the verse we just read, Jesus tells His disciples and proclaim as you go saying the kingdom of heaven has come near the kingdom of heaven has come near therefore heal the sick and cast out demons because the kingdom has come this language of the kingdom of god is some of the main language that jesus is, jesus uses throughout the new testament he says it in different various ways he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand the kingdom of god is near the kingdom of God has come. He's using all of this language of that the kingdom of heaven is here now. It's at hand. It's within touch. A little side note about the kingdom. What is the kingdom you might be asking? Because it sounds kind of cool, right? It sounds like some um, King Arthur kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? The kingdom. I think there's a show about that. The kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom. George Ladd, who is a New Testament theologian, in some of his writings, he writes a lot about the kingdom. And we have some of his quotes on the screen. He says this, the kingdom of God is his kingship, his rule, his authority. He says, when this is once realized, we can go through the New Testament and find passage after passage where this meaning is evident, where the kingdom is not a realm or a people, but it's God's reign. It's his kingship. His will be done, right? He goes on to say that Jesus' message of the kingdom of God is the announcement by word, right? Proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and by deed, heal the sick and cast out demons and cleanse the lepers. Announcement by word and deed that God is acting and manifesting his redemptive will in history. God is seeking out sinners. He's inviting them into a messianic blessing. He is demanding of them a favorable response to his gracious offer. God has again spoken. A new prophet has appeared. Indeed, one who is more than a prophet. One who brings people to the very blessings he promises. This is what Jesus is talking about when he shows up and he says, The kingdom of heaven is... Is near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. We see that the kingdom of God is not just this fairy tale, wondering sort of thing, but it's the rule and the reign, the kingship, the authority of God breaking in to our world. And healing taking place, and deliverance taking place, and forgiveness taking place, and redemption taking place. All of this stuff that we're experiencing is the kingdom of God breaking in and being expressed and experienced amongst His people. This is the kingdom. And Jesus says it's shown up. It's here. This is what comes with the kingdom. And this is what is available today for you and for me. That the kingdom has come. That if you need healing in your body, the kingdom has come. If you need deliverance in your life, the kingdom has come. If you need forgiveness, the kingdom has come. If you need to rewrite your story and you're like, man, I wish I, wish I could feel like I could be made new again or start over, the kingdom has come. Hallelujah. Right on, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody's feeling it. This is available today for you and for me. The kingdom has come, but also the kingdom is coming. And this is where we get into all kind of theological stuff. Can I go in there for you for a little bit? Can we get all like, yeah, let's do it. Last week, Leif talked about the Lord's Prayer. And he said that Jesus taught his disciples that we should pray, Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I find that interesting that Jesus, on one hand, is saying, hey, the kingdom is here. It's within reach. It's touching its people. God has shown up, but also pray that the kingdom would come. Doesn't that sound a bit confusing? That the kingdom is here, but that we should also pray that the kingdom would come. And this is what the New Testament theologians call the now and the not yet of the kingdom. The now and the not yet of the kingdom. And we actually have a slide on the screen that we want to show you that sort of exemplifies what this is. Can everybody see that? No? Have I lost you? No? You with me? Okay. Hang with me. So what Jesus is talking about when he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand... Is the age to come. The age to come is when one day you read in the book of Revelation that there will be no more sin or sorrow or shame. There will be no more uh, separation between us and the Father. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, right? You heard all of that stuff before. This is the age to come. And as you can see, the blue line that comes down, that comes, that happens at the second coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus comes down to this age or our age, the kingdom of heaven coming and all things being made new. But the wonderful thing that has happened with Jesus coming and his first coming is the age to come has come and broken in at the first coming of Christ. You see this first yellow, let me not block this, this first yellow line. The age to come has now come and broken in And we see Christ coming and being born by the Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit being poured out on his people. We see the resurrection of Christ. All of these things are from the power of the age to come. Breaking in here and now. And so what this means is that we find ourselves right smack dab in the middle. The already and the not yet. That here now... The power from the age to come is available. That here now at any moment, at any time, the kingdom of God can break in and touch each one of us. And healing can come. And forgiveness. Salvation. That's all the kingdom of heaven breaking in. But one day we pray, Lord, like Leif said last week, we want more. Will your kingdom come? The fullness of it. All of it, Lord. Would your kingdom come? And this is where we find ourselves between the already and the not yet. Now this sort of shines a little light on why we don't experience healing sometimes. And it's really the mystery of the kingdom. It's because when the kingdom breaks in, guess what happens? God shows up, healing comes, restoration, redemption And sometimes the kingdom doesn't break in. And we groan and we moan and we say, Lord, will you, will you bring more? It's not that we didn't pray the right prayer or this person necessarily didn't have enough faith or, not, you know, which those things do can apply, but we can't make God do anything. Would you agree? So when healing breaks in, it's because the kingdom has come. Now what this means, and this is what I love about it, is because you never know when the kingdom breaks in. And so because of that, we share Jesus with everyone. And we pray for anyone. Because at any moment, the kingdom could break in. George Ladd, he says this in one final quote. He says, God's future kingdom where healing and justice and love will reign supreme for eternity, was being brought into the present through the ministry of Jesus. In Jesus, humanity was experiencing the presence of God's future. So here now, we experience the future presence of the kingdom to come. And this is why Jesus says, go and proclaim that message, that the kingdom is here. All of this is found in Jesus this is why Isaiah, in Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, he says this. We don't have it on the screen, but he says this. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we are healed. That the kingdom has come. That God is our healer and it's his heart and it's his nature and it's his will and it shows up. And this is available for you and for me today and it's found in Jesus and what he's done on the cross. This is why we pray for healing. God is our healer and the kingdom has come and is coming.